to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Like I said, I just came back from Nigeria. I had to bury my younger brother. Numbering your days is so important. Because if God, notice he says, teach us. Meaning you don't have the ability to really, truly number your days and gain wisdom unless you have been taught by God. It's a prayer. This is the oldest psalm in the scriptures. Written by Moses. Moses wrote that. And you know the occasion was after the spies came and God was angry at them because they cried all night and they were very upset about it. They wouldn't believe God. And God said to Moses, because they saw the miracles that I did in Egypt and they saw the signs I did in the wilderness and even with all of that, they have tempted me these ten times. So I swear they will not enter the land. And Moses responds, Lord, teach us to number our days. Because we get so focused on things that are not really important in the scheme of heaven. We focus on those things and sometimes those things take over our lives. And we think these things are the things that are important. And everyone around us telling us these are the things that is important, that are important. If you want to be a real person, famous, whatever, these are the things to do. But they may not be important in the schemes of the things of God. And you need to do that. The only way you know it, if God has taught you to number your days. He, in our lives here is so short. So short. There's so much to do. You cannot allow yourself to be distracted by all the things. My wife talked about Mary and Martha. I mean, Martha was serving. Serving who? Jesus. Serving Jesus. And the other disciples there. And yet Jesus was saying to Martha, Look, you are distracted with so many things. Troubled with so many things. But there is only one thing that's needful. That's what we're saying. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days so we know the things that are important in life. Some of the things that we consider so important. That everyone is killing and dying for. In the scheme of heaven, they may not be as important as you think. So we need to recognize that. My message this morning is drawn from what Jesus spoke himself. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, to who? To Jesus. They are addressing him. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. 
but he or the one who does the will of the Father in heaven. That says to me, I can be in church and really call Jesus Lord and not be a part of his kingdom. Not everyone. That says there are some that call him Lord, Lord, and are a part of his kingdom. And there are others that are possibly in church, possibly even pastors, and they preach the message, but he doesn't recognize them as part of his kingdom. Only one thing is needed. Those who do the will of the Father. The will of the Father. Only those who do the will of the Father. That's what is important. Are you in God's will for your life? If I may ask you. Are you even sure you are doing what God created you to do? Are you sure you are truly in God's will? Second question. Is God's will for every one of us the same? Well, if it's not the same, have you discovered His will for your own personal life? Is it even important to you? Have you ever talked to Him about it? Have you ever cried, God, would you show me why you created me? Or are you just living? How important is that? You're just living and not knowing why he put you on the earth. You are not sure. You're just doing what everybody else is doing. And hope that he is pleased with what you're doing. But you don't really know for sure. Only those who do the will of my father. Will make it into the kingdom. Now, if you turn to like Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 7. The scripture speaking of Jesus, he says, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. I have come in the volume. Look, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. So God has in his book what he created you to do. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. But have you taken time to even, even as a Christian, have you taken time to ask God, what is it? Because His will for me may not be His will for you. But you have to discover His will for your life. And if you're not interested, He won't bother you. And how can you do His will when you don't know it? I have to know what his will is for my life. So I can be sure whether it's business, whether it's this, whatever it is. I want to know what it is. And God cannot hold you responsible for something he's not willing to show to you. Why? He's just. But if you're not willing to know it, and you're not willing to follow through with it, and the reason why you're not willing to know it, because you're not ready to do what he says. And he knows it. He'll leave you alone. 
And this is not a very popular message, but it's true. Heaven is coming. I just buried my brother. It's serious business. We must number our days. I see in my mind, we're little kids running around. That's I saw my brother. He's no longer here. He's no longer here. I saw where he's gone. I believe it's with Jesus. That's my belief. But I really don't know. Only those who do his will. I believe from everything they told me, he, he, he served his God. But Jesus says, it's not everyone who says. And this is not my, for my brother. I love my brother. I know he's there. But this is for you here sitting. You're still alive. I've got to know that that's his will. You know, I was meditating through this. And, and God started speaking to me. I really know that this is the Holy Spirit because he's teaching me, telling me stuff. He lets me, he, the Holy Spirit lets me know this. That his will for everybody is not the same. That's not news for every one of us. We all know that. But there is what he calls the foundation will of God for every one of us. And those are the same. That's never read it from anywhere, but that's what I got. The foundation will of God for every one of us is the same. That's the foundation. Every building must have a foundation. The foundation, for the most part, is never seen. Nobody talks about a beautiful foundation. They're talking about what they can see. The foundation is there. The beauty of the house does not, is, is not seen in the foundation. That's buried. That's never seen. But the beauty of the house will not remain if the foundation is not there. Whenever they praise the, build, the building and how beautiful the building is, Hey, this is a beautiful building. But nobody says, what a beautiful foundation. The foundation must be there. That's what holds that beautiful building together. So there is a foundation will of God for every believer. And there is God's specific will which I call your calling. For every believer. And as long as you are on that solid foundation, then you can occupy your place, your calling, and make your calling, your place beautiful. And when they see the beauty of your calling based on the foundation, because if the foundation is broken, what can the righteous do? But when the foundation is solid and you are founded in God's foundation will, you know them and you're living in them, then you can be in your place, your calling, your personal will, secure and make yourself beautiful. 
and add beauty to the house of God. Because Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And God is building the building. And every part of that building has to be found on the foundation that is not seen. But without that foundation, the building will not remain. The beauty of the building is not going to be there. So when you start your life as a Christian, make sure the foundation, what you know about the foundation is in place. Otherwise, like Paul said, you'll make shipwreck of your faith. And that's not what we want. So that's the scriptures here. What I want to do first is to address some of the things that I believe God given to me as the foundation will of God. Foundation will of God. In the whole of scripture, I believe that there is one chapter that is the central chapter in the Old Testament. In my mind, the most important chapter in the Old Testament, if you read through the scriptures, in my mind, that's the number one chapter in the Old Testament because he connects both of them. He goes to the old and the new. I'm sure, I'm sure you're waiting. What chapter is that? I'll tell you quickly. Isaiah 53 is the most important, in my mind, the most important chapter in the Old Testament. Because it tells us of Jesus' suffering for our sins in the past. For Adam's transgression in the past and Jesus hanging between the earth, who rooted to the earth and is in the heaven. Connected. I look for a man that will bridge the gap. That was that man. And the Bible in Isaiah 53, he made it very clear what Jesus came to do. And you know the scriptures. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He tells you everything. God says, I will see the pain of my servant and I will be satisfied. It is finished. It's finished. That's the most important chapter in my mind. Every other thing is a filler. From the Old Testament, all the way, I mean from Genesis all the way, giving us... But then you get to this chapter right there. And then open your Bible. Most likely if you open to the middle, it's going to be slightly Isaiah. Have you tried it? Try it. That's it. <laughs> but it's the most important. But you know how that chapter starts? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord? Revealed. Who has believed our? Do you know where you heard the word our before? In Genesis, let us 
make man in our image. Here again, our who has believed our Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit reports. So God has a report for you. And the key principle is believing it. That's God's number one will for you. Believe his report. Believe the report. Now, we know whenever we hear of things that's happened, good or bad, after service, if, you, if there's a word going on, something is happening out there, people can't wait to get back home, and guess what they do? They turn on their television, and they see her all day, yeah, watching. What are they trying to do? To find out exactly what happened. And those, they go to the newspaper stand, and they get their newspapers, and the guy sits back, and he's reading to find out. He wants to know the report. The government is having some problems. Oh, yeah, I got to know what's going on. What about this God's report? All that is in this report is good news for you. Good news. You will not believe the report until you know the report. And that's what's happening to the church. People hardly know what's in the scriptures anymore. I wonder if people even know the story of story of David and Goliath these days. The young people. What's going on? God has a report. You spend a lot of time reading other things. And spending a lot of time looking at different reports. All kinds of things. We spend so much time trying to gain knowledge. But you have no knowledge of the God that created you. You have no knowledge of his report. You haven't spent time with it. You know absolutely nothing about it. You cannot do a will that you don't know. If you want to know what the report has for you or what the will has for you, because the will is the same thing, according to the scriptures, is the same thing as the covenant. That's the word for will. How can you know what is left for you from your father who was so wealthy, he's dead, and you're thinking, I don't know if he left anything for me in his will. Well, go read the will. How can you prosper if you don't know what the will says? If you haven't read. The first thing God said, who in Isaiah 53, before saying any other thing, to me, that's very crucial. That's very important. Who has believed our report? I have a report to give to you. But you need to read the report, then choose whether to believe it or not. But when you believe it, the power of the hand of God is set loose upon your life. And that power transforms your life. It's good news all the way for you. He's too incredible, that's what God is saying, who is too incredible to believe. The things that God has set aside for us. 
it's incredible. If you really want to go into it and God gives you understanding, you know how we get so excited, you can't sleep. I've been there. You get so excited, God's showing you things, and I'm begging God, it's enough. Can you let me sleep now? I need a year flooding my mind with all these things. When you really want to know, that's what the Bible says. It's so clear. He says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. But you're not seeking. And so you're finding nothing. You live your life in the ordinary. But I'm telling you, if you follow this report, this report, reading the report, and believing the report, gets you into a spiritual person. A spiritual person. It transforms you, no matter who you are, as you read that book. Just like it says in John chapter 6, verse 63, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And as you take those words into you, you were not a spiritual person before, but by the time it's through, you are really spiritual. Oh yes, you can discern things. You have wisdom. You have wisdom. Because you've read the report. And the report has a way of making you believe it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you read the report, your life is transformed and you become spiritual. And you now can walk according to the will of the Father. The word of God has power in itself to enable you to walk in what you're reading. It's the word of God. The same words that created the earth, the universe. Think about it. You are imbibing into your life the same voice, the same words that created the universe. How many stars do we have? The scientists don't know. Nobody knows. That's how powerful this is. It can transform your life. He can give you that power. Authority. And you know it. You got it somewhere after you've read and you know the will. And as you continue to believe, something in you tells you, I can do that. I can do that. Just like Elijah he said to Ahab, no rain drops on this ground unless I say so. A man of God. And Ahab was thinking, is that really going to happen? Wait until three years later. Because no rain is coming down. At the word of a man who knew the covenant. Who knew the word. Because the covenant... And the promises and his word, they are one and the same. God and his word are one and the same. His report is the same as God himself. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when I take the report, what I'm taking is that part of God, of that report, into my life, and it transforms you. It transforms the way you think. That's how important this is. John wrote, he said, John said, listen, 
There are so many things Jesus did that are not written in this book. In the Gospel of John. There's so many things that he did. But I, 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 I have to pick what I, I want, the, the Holy Spirit, picking what I want to share with the world. He says, but in 20 verse 31, but these are written, what is written in the book, they are written that you may believe. Those things are written so that you believe. God says, believing is God's number one thing. Believing God, that's something that God has said, contrary to how you feel in your body. Whatever is happening to you, what's going on with your finances, and everything else, believing what God says, but you have to know what he says. If you believe that, he says these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that believing, see what happens now, believing you may have life. So if you may have life, by believing, that says you didn't have life until you believed. That's what he says. You had no life. You just thought you were living. But according to the words of John, this is the way to have life. Another scripture says, I'm writing this so that you might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from all the calamities that are befalling the people of the earth. As you study the scriptures, that becomes very important. Say it from all of these things. This is a word from Jesus. The word, what I'm after now is believe what God says. Because when you believe, the power to act comes into play. And then you as a part of the building, even if you are the door, you have a solid foundation of faith. You can afford to stay there in your place. I don't have to be uh, the sofa in the house. God made me that. That's my calling. And I'm sitting on the foundation. I'll make my door so beautiful. The guys come in and they look at the door. Oh, the door is so beautiful. I wonder how inside it's going to look like. Amen? Because I'm Keeping my place. Amen. I don't have to be anybody else. When I'm founded in him. When I'm sitting on the rock. Remember Matthew chapter 7. The very end of the chapter. Everyone that is founded on the rock. You know that? The foundation. Every one of us is going to go through something. How you go through it depends on where you planted your building. Whether you are on the rock or not. And you can change that this morning by saying, God, this is what I want. I want to be on that rock. We see Jesus. Jesus said this. While you have the light, believe in the light that John Chapter 12, verse 36. While you have the light, 
Believe in the light that you may become what? Become sons of light. You are transformed to what you believe. You believe the light, the word of God. You are transformed to exactly that. So believing is so crucial. Every time you say, well, I don't, I'm not sure about that. You really cost yourself a lot of trouble. By saying something like that. Especially if it's written in the word of God. Even if you can't really believe. The man that Jesus, he came to Jesus with his son has epilepsy. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe. All things. Let's define all, okay? All things are possible to him who believes. So that tells me believing the word of God is the key. Number one, will of God for your life to believe it. Believe what he says. Believe what he says. To believe it. If you believe in the light, then you are transformed to the light. You become sons of light. Sons of light. And this is the day God is wanting us to believe. If you can only believe, all things are possible to him who believes. You know, the world has its own theory. They have a reason for everything. And they are telling you this is what it is. Even when they have the facts, they don't have the truth. This is the truth. And if the world says something, and your body or your friend, your body, this body, and your friend is telling you something else, don't argue with them. They don't know what they're talking about. You got the truth. You got the truth. It's the word of God. Stay with it. Stay with it. I know many of us are going through things in our lives. Let me show you something. Every time Satan comes at you, the primary thing he wants from you is your believing. That's what he cares about. He wants you to disbelieve God. He started in the garden. Remember? Did God say, remember that? Did God say, he got them to disbelieve what God told them. And to believe a lie. So the key is what you believe. God's will for your life is to believe his report. So your body could be telling you, you, this is happening to you. Your situation may be telling you and Satan lying to you and telling you all kinds of things that will come to you. But if the word speaks contrary to it, don't believe that lie. Because Jesus has already told us. He's a liar. And the father of lies. And that's where he tempts us. To believe a lie. So I've often said, if you're looking for direction and you met Mr. Satan, and you say, Mr. Satan, how do I find this place that I want to go? And he says, ah, happy to tell you. It's over there. Go that way. You thank him and go the other way. 
and you'll be right. You won't miss it. You've done really good for yourself by doing that. If he tells you all things are broken in your house, things are not going to work, this is going to happen to you. After you pull yourself, ask yourself, I wonder who is talking to me. This can be God because I'm already afraid. (laughs) This can be God because I'm already getting very anxious and worried and maybe crying. Who is talking to me? Then after you discover he's Satan, that's the dancing time. (laughs) Because he's going to be good. He can tell. He's the father of lies. God says so. So don't believe a thing he says. (laughs) That's what God is saying. If he tells you something... The opposite is the case. You may have to work because it's a fight of believing. It's a fight of believing. Faith. So you go against what you know in the natural. Because with Jesus in your heart, you are no longer natural. Amen? There is a part of you that is supernatural. You had your natural, and God put his super in there, his Holy Spirit. So now, Paul says, why do you think like mere men? You know, that was ordinary men. I say, Paul, what are you talking about? I'm a man. Yes, I know you are, but you are not ordinary anymore. You got Jesus in your heart, the one that created the universe in your heart, and you still think you are ordinary you have missed it. You are believing a lie. You are not ordinary. You are not ordinary. And you know, when you believe that, that's what the Bible says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm, the strong arm of the Lord revealed? When God reveals his hand, he shouts in time, I'm telling you. The problems all come crashing down. And you look for them, they're no longer there. They're gone. And gone forever. And when God starts anything, he finishes it. All I want to know, is God's hand in this? Once I can determine God's hand in it, I'm happy now. I don't have to wait for anything. God's in it. And God's in your life today. Amen? And he's at work in your life today. He's going to be getting gooder and gooder. If you get <laughs> Yes? I know you are children of God. Now, let me tell you this. If you have fear this morning, you need to get rid of it. I don't care what the source of it is. You need to get rid of it today. This morning, we are going to make a covenant with God. We are. Because God said he did not give us the spirit of fear. So I know where it's coming from. Write a letter of divorce to your fear. And tell him, today is the end. We are not partnership. There's no partnership anymore. No partnering anymore. It's over today. And if he's come to live in your house, give him a quick notice. And tell him, your time is up. You got to leave today. And stand your ground. He may cry and beg, but tell him, no, no, no. You're living today. I can't tolerate you anymore. You're too filthy. You got to go. You're too corny. I can't handle you. You've deceived me so much. I can't handle you. Not even for a second. Out of my life. Would you do that this morning? 
No fear. Nobody lives here with, a, with fear in your heart today. I say that to you today as a servant of God. Don't leave this place with fear in your heart. Because God's going to fight for you. Remember what the Bible says? He says the battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. All you have to do is rest. Come to me, all you who labor. Financial labor, job labor, family labor, husband and wife labor, children's labor, whatever kind of labor. Would you lay it at his feet this morning and just believe him and let his mighty hand be revealed to you? We're going to do that today. How many are in agreement with me today? Would you stand up today? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. You know, in the next, the other, after this message, I will want to show you how you can find God's specific will for your life. It's in the scriptures. We'll be talking about that. How you can discover it because God says you will then come to know his will for your life. And once you know his will, like as it is, I preach. I don't sing like Amy. And I'm not going to stand behind. If you see me behind that keyboard, get ready for torment. <laughs> it's not going to work. I know my calling, and I give them three rest of them to do it. So I know my place. I want you to know your place in God, and then you can shine. Amen? Holding your place. What I want is give that fear to God today. Whatever it is, give that fear to God. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you haven't truly committed to him, let your heart acknowledge him today by just lifting your hand up and saying, I want Jesus in my life. We have to do that. We have to do that. Because there are those among us, they, don't, they have not come to know him personally. But he wants to know you personally. He knows you, but you need to know him personally. At the count of three, if you will just lift your hand and I'll pray for you. And as we pray, heaven, the heavens will hear us. And you can have that relationship with me, uh, with, with him. All eyes closed, please. Let's be reverent before our God because he's here today. Uh, at, at the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. We're going to pray. Father God, thank you. Please join us with those that lift up their hands up. God knows what's going on and he's going to, to establish them today because they lifted their hands and acknowledged they needed him. He's, he's going to be there with them. Pray with me, every one of us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, the Lord of life, into our life. God, I confess that I'm a sinner and I ask for forgiveness. Lord Jesus, forgive me and come into my life. Come into my heart in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for him? And we want to welcome those that prayed 
you are now a family, a part of the house of God. You are a family member. And, I, I, you know, in my early days, I used to see people every Sunday, they raise their hand. No, no. Once you do it once and you meant it, he knows who you are. He recognizes you. And he, he knows the number of hairs that you have on your head. He knows what I have too and those that I've lost myself. Okay? <laughs> he knows everything. He knows you personally and everything about you. And you've become so precious to him because you honor the son. Lord, we honor the son. Amen? But before we leave, I want you to rid yourself before God of that fear. It's not from God and God will deliver you. If you honor God this morning by obeying him, God will honor you by healing that situation. And it starts right now. Okay? We're going to do this. All eyes closed. And I need you to speak to that fear. And don't revisit it. Don't let Satan give it back to you. Leave it in the hands of our Father today. Because he says he cares for us. Cast your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. Those were words from God himself. I will leave these things in the hands of the Father. And I believe the Father. He is faithful. And I refuse to fear. And as I said to myself, as long as Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand, I cannot bear this because he's had his victory for me. And I need you to believe that today. To him who believes, you will overcome. Father, thank you. We give our fears to you, Lord, today. All of it. All of it. Because you said in your word, be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Lord, I request it today. We rid ourselves of every fear. Every anxiety, everything contrary to peace, we rid ourselves of them today. We refuse to fear. And we thank you for giving us life in your Son. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Now, I'm going to do something crazy. Now, tell your fears. Bye bye. Would you do that? Yes. Uh, do it like you mean it. Okay. Bye bye, fear. No more. It's gone. It seems like we're kidding.